This is Trav Johnson with the Access the Story podcast, discovering more about faith formation, culture, and the story of God. You can follow us at accessthestory.com or you can follow me at travjohnson.com. Like one of the first women that I met came up to me and she was like, I see the Holy Spirit in you. Wow. I wanna, um, do you mind if I pray for you? Wow. And I'm like, it was very confronting. Yeah, I'm <laughs> doing here. And so it's flipped it all on yeah, its head for me. Cool. And she prayed for me. Oh, wow. And she was high as a kite. But yeah. she also, like, I felt God's presence. Like, mm. I knew God was still speaking through her. One day, someone is going to write a book on Beck Sellers. Beck is a chaplain in the northern suburbs of Adelaide and pioneering a youth outreach community in one of the most disadvantaged parts of our city. Her passion and unassuming nature are eclipsed only by the story she tells of how God is changing lives. Here's her story. It's great to have Beck Sellers with me here in Junction today. Welcome, Beck. Thank you. Now, good I've to known, be here. It, well, it's good to have you here. Now, um, we've known each other for a little while, mm-hmm. kind of seen each other at camps over mm-hmm. the years. Sometimes I've kind of been speaking and yes, you've been a leader. Um, I have been, I remember being in a meeting or two with you when you're involved with Second Chances. Yes, that is a throwback. So it is a, yes, so I've got a just a weird memory with things like wow. this. So there's yeah. that. I think it was at the Salvos or something. That was a long time ago. Long time ago. Uh, you're a pastoral support worker at your local high school. Yep. And you've also been involved in a pretty, I think, in a pretty strategic kind of mission slash ministry um, in the northern mm-hmm. suburbs of mm-hmm. our city. And um, I would say that a good way to describe the environment that you're a part of is probably the most disadvantaged kind of area mm-hmm. suburb in our, in our city. Is that a fair thing to say? I'd say that's a fair thing. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to describe that ministry uh, opportunity for us? Like, what's the that, what's opportunity. it like? Yeah. So it's pretty hectic sometimes. It's a beautiful community out the doors in a very challenging area. We have a little shop front out in Davron Park Um, and we basically started maybe three or four years ago and I I had a real burning heart for this Davron Park area. I knew God was doing stuff there and I just loved the young people and their stories and wanted to see good things, see healing, see them no hope. And um, so my prayer was always like, God, is it just one person that shares this vision, shares this challenge? Um, And eventually arts that have provided all these people from different churches in the north so we've now got this gathering of amazing volunteers from different communities mm. and they just come down and get to know people and love them and so we run like a drop-in during the week mm. we do camps we've got like um different organizations supporting us but it's a very eclectic collective i guess yep. group of people but i guess the bigger picture of what the context is is that um the area has had a lot of trauma and a lot of hurt, a lot of families that um, have maybe a lot of chaos in their lives and can struggle with alcohol or drugs. And, mm. like, um, at the moment, like, young people that are homeless is off the charts. Like, every day you get a list of how many beds are available in the state and at the moment they get full at 9am. Mm. So there's, anyway, there's a lot of crisis, but our communities there just support each other. We can't necessarily change their circumstances, but we provide a space for them to be loved and hopefully create opportunities that there is another option for them mm. outside of um, what might be in front of them to be engaged in some more positive things. So we've seen some really cool things happen out of that. Now, now we're going to talk yeah. about that in another conversation, okay. which I'm very pause, excited about. Pause yes, on pause that. on that one. Get but one of the things I've noticed in um, the opportunities I've had to kind of intersect 
with mm. um, like the drop-in centre and the camps um, has been, um, and this is not to make you feel embarrassed anyway, but has been the respect that some of the kids have for you. And I think a lot mm. of that's got to do with being present with them, mm. caring for them, loving them. Um, but it also has to do with the stories that your team bring into that situation. Mm. And so I want to provide an opportunity today mm-hmm. for you to tell a little bit of your story. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's go back to, mm-hmm. you know, Beck as a young young girl. Um, what was life like yeah. for you growing up? Like what was what are some of the, um, where, where are you from? Mm-hmm. Like, what was family like? Um, yeah, so tell us about that. So I was a young girl once and, oh, yeah. I grew up in a pretty solid family. It was a Christian family. I'm the oldest child. I have a younger brother and a younger sister. My younger brother has Down syndrome. And so that's been a big part of my journey in learning what it's like to live with someone with a significant disability. Um, Grew up in, I was born in Elizabeth, but my dad being a pastor, he, we were part of a church in kind of like gardens for 10 years. And so I grew up sort of in this, that kind of space of the middle class world. And it was really nice. I loved it. Um, and then my dad felt called to start a church in Davron Park and I was very upset about that, but we moved back out north and that happened. I couldn't stop it. I was 10. Um, and <laughs> no, so, no, Dad, I'm staying here. Yeah. Well, I tried. <laughs> I really tried. Yeah. Um, and so then, yeah, I've been out that way for a long time. But I was very active as a child. I did, mm. like, every day of the week I'd have horse riding or tennis or netball or girls brigade I was always very hungry to learn and be around different people and different opportunities mm. so that's kind of a little snapshot but I had a pretty happy childhood yeah yeah um so you've mentioned a few family members mm-hmm. there um important people in your life uh, and uh, I, I'm, I guess I'm a little interested in mm. what you learned in regards to uh, what, what family life was like mm. uh, with your brother having Down syndrome perhaps yeah. um, but um, and he's obviously an important part of your of your story as part yeah. of your family um, who are the important people in your life I say my coming back full circle now that I'm a bit older I would never have said my family was when mm. I was younger because I was like a bratty teenager mm. and <laughs> hated everyone but they are definitely the most important people in my life. And I think significantly my brother in that he's not um, an overly verbal, like he can't communicate a lot, but he's taught me a lot about he just doesn't judge anyone. He doesn't have the capacity to judge. He just mm. loves and includes everyone. And he's been part of the Davron Park Church forever. Yeah. And he's the most well-loved person. Like he'll just give everyone a hug. He can't say much, but his communication without words has been really beautiful. Yeah. And so... That's been really special and just also being aware of how, because my family is quite, um, it's been like a positive and healthy environment, acknowledging a lot of people struggle with disabilities and might not have that support network. So it's really, yeah, I feel for people in different situations. Um, And my dad's also probably another one in that he's taken the the high road, the narrow road in yeah. what he's chosen to do in starting a church and has been there for like 20 years and committed and served in that space. And it's been really hard and challenging on our family and for him, but he's stuck with it and still yeah. chooses to love people and show up and not show judgment. Yeah. And so those two in particular, I don't know, their lifestyles have really spoken to me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah as important people. It's an interesting um, for me to hear you talk about um, growing up in 
uh, I guess, a Christian family, but uh, certainly uh, with your dad being committed to mm. uh, to church world, yeah. if you like, and you seeing the challenges of that, and yet there's a sense where you've made choices to align yourself uh, mm. through various contexts in a, in a ministry space yeah. as well. Um, took a long time. Okay. I hated that. I refused to go to the Dover Park Shop Church so yeah. Yeah. for like five years, I think, so I, w- I just wouldn't have part of it, and then... God kind of like spoke to me quite strongly that Davenport Park is actually your place to serve yeah. and love and be. Yeah. And I was very upset and I couldn't understand it. But eventually I came around. So yeah. this is an interesting, and my whole family's been like, there's kind of a definitely a calling that each of my family members are working and serving in the same area. Yeah. So there's something special about that. I think. Yeah. The long weekend calls out to us busy roads, barbecues, speedboats, sunscreen. The story we're living seems so far removed from the story this weekend commemorates. We know the challenge in schools, churches, or even on the family getaway. Unless we create the opportunity to gather around it, the power of the Easter story is swallowed up by the four-day weekend. That's why we've developed Crushed, an interactive story pack that will enable your group to experience the story afresh. Over 45 minutes, you will journey your group through the five scenes provided and then see how the Easter story might shape your long weekend. Go to accessastory.com, click on the banner, and we'll send you this free story pack. That's accessastory.com. Now back to Beck. Hear how the challenge of God's mission is shaping her own character and the way she views the world. You've said not without its challenges. As you think about your story, uh, and maybe you have to do with ministry, I don't know, it might be something else, but mm-hmm. is there a challenge that you've faced um, that that um, that you'd see as maybe significant? Or, mm. yeah. It's definitely been a lot of challenges in it that I've definitely confronted in my own personal character, I think, mm. because I find the nature of the area I'm in, people are very upfront and real. And so I feel like I've had a mirror shoved in my face a lot of the times. So I've had to... Um, deal with things and also seeing so much I guess trauma and heartbreak and people that I've been very close to and walk closely with that um, I can't actually do anything about this situation I can't change the way that they act live and what's happened to them so Mm. I have found that personally challenging not that I've had all this trauma happen in my life but Mm. always being around people that have and not being able to um, fix it I guess in my natural way like I know God helps heal so I think in particular I think it all came to a bit of a head this year um and getting quite sick I think from partly taking a lot of that on and not um I guess giving it to God or working through some of the things that I've seen and experienced through my different roles and spaces and like it's my community as well so I live there it's my place and um I think yeah that has been a big challenge. I know it's a bit vague, no. all of that, but yeah. um, I didn't want to get to a point where I hated it all, and I also am very conscious of the us and them. Like I w- yeah. don't want to You're operate from a space. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm not separate from them, and their yeah. issues is what's making me sick. Yeah. But it's me, like I have my all my own brokenness in every way. Yeah, um, but I think I've just been really confronted with all that this year, mm. and so that's been challenging. But I'm very thankful for that Mm. in that space, Mm. um, for what it's provided for me. And I just feel like I've been able to become a lot deeper and grow continually going as a person and in my faith and have much more understanding about what 
other people experience that life is far, far from perfect and it never will be, I think. Mm. Um, as much as like I grew up in the Christian world and have quite a grounded family, it doesn't exempt me from this maybe ideal life Christian bubble that can exist even if we don't necessarily want it to look in that way. Yeah. Um, and so realising on this side of eternity, it's just not always going to go our way. Yeah. Yep. and look the way we want that people might actually end up killing themselves if mm. you're walking with them for life or go back on the drugs or mm. hate you for the rest of their life because of you're trying to help them or whatever different things yeah so that's been really confronting yeah yeah it can be it can be a challenge when we pour our lives into mm. into others um, not to find their identity in mm. the results or the outcomes mm-hmm. that is, it can be a very yeah. very challenging thing yes um now you've talked in terms of that that being a challenge for you mm-hmm. i'm really interested if it's okay mm-hmm. to talk about maybe some of the response to that so there was mm-hmm. a time in amongst this year where you've you've kind of realized you i'm hopefully i'm not putting words in your mouth mm-hmm. but you've realized oh things aren't okay yeah uh, something needs to change i mm-hmm. need to do something mm-hmm. um how, how did you respond? Like, what was the way in which you mm. um, sought to resolve some of the, I don't know, some of the ache mm. or some of the um, the cycle that you, you were yeah. experiencing? Yeah, I think it, it. I just massively crashed, and I felt yeah. like it was just like all the pain of everything I had seen and experienced, or even like personally had came at me at once. Like, mm. I just put it on hold. Like, no, I have to do this. I have to do that didn't quite roll out always catches up with you and so um I just actually slept for probably a month wow. and that's probably the best thing that I needed mm. and then um took a lot decent chunk of time off work and the ministry and just had to really reevaluate with come back to who I am as God's child like I knew it in my head but I think I just had exhausted myself to a point mm. that it just gets a bit murky mm. um and I just spent time in his presence mm. a lot and around good people that understood and um, encouraged me and supported me and gave me space I think that was the biggest thing I was really grateful for was people's gracefulness towards me mm. I haven't necessarily been graceful to other people when they've been in that place so I really appreciate people didn't push me to do things or anything that just gave me space I needed to, to heal mm. and yeah I've just made tried to make a lot more healthier rhythms I've really been getting into it just like meditation, like Christian okay. meditation. Yep. So there's like a few different podcasts and you just yes. listen to the music and they read the scripture yes. and soaking in it in instead yep. of like just taking this head knowledge yeah. thing. I think for me that's how I connect. And so having doing that every morning has radically changed my brain yeah. <laughs> and just how I function and perceive my day. Yeah. And, yeah, so just a mixture of those things have yeah. led to that. I think yeah. um, the like creating space mm. for things like Christian meditation, mm. um, uh, uh, being uh, reading the Bible and allowing that to seep into our mm. hearts and the way that we're feeling. Mm. Um, uh, I, I guess prayer, music, there's a bunch of different ways that mm. people uh, kind of, uh, I guess, look to centre themselves in faith. Yeah. Um, and it's, uh, it's really interesting that um, that's there's a sense where that has brought you to a place of mm. I don't know, healing and replenishment. Yeah. Um, and so there's been formation of faith in that for you. How would you mm. describe your faith? Maybe if it's mm. right now, or you could, I mean, you could answer that question like over the years. Mm. But what? How, how would you respond to that question? How would you describe it? How is your faith? I would describe it as 
Um, it's very simple and very complicated at the same time, which I think a lot of people would say. Um, and I think I've definitely been on the journey of distinguishing the difference between what my faith is and what from what I've grown up in. And I know a lot of people that grow up in whatever faith or tradition it is struggle with that to personalise, I guess, what your own beliefs are. And I've definitely been on that um, pursuit of that. Like I've really desired to understand yep. my own faith and I've put myself in really different situations yeah i was like um yeah because i wanted to see where it is in action i think mm. my my hunger my understanding for my faith i want it to not be just a set of beliefs and or rules for my life but i really wanted to see pe- what faith looked like in other people's lives and yeah. so like when i finished high school i did a gap year of bible college mm-hmm. type just exploring spirituality and that was hugely formational for me mm. basically broke down everything I've ever believed about life mm-hmm. and built it back together well kind of <laughs> <laughs> um, but all the more it helped I guess have a greater love for God so I feel like my, my faith is strong in the sense I know that I know that I know that God is God and I want to live my life in the way that he has designed and part of his story i know that i have a place in his story i just know that i am a weak human that like my own way a lot as well so still learning that and i guess i always will be um but i guess part of the things that formed my faith were i was really chasing seeing light in the darkest places i really want to see that so when i finished high school i got quite involved in a ministry that worked with women in the sex industry and mm. went out to brothels and it was a whole new world to me mm. I was in a quite protected environment but just to see like one of the first women that I met came up to me and she was like I see the Holy Spirit in you wow. I want to um, do you mind if I pray for you wow. and I'm like it was very confronting yeah <laughs> I do here and so it's flipped it all on yeah, its head for me cool. and she prayed for me wow. And she was high as a kite, but yeah. she also, like, I felt God's presence. Like, mm. I knew God was still speaking through her. Mm. Um, and there's been so many moments like that. Like, there's been times of, I don't even know how, been running a Bible study in a brothel for six months. And it was just, like, now I think about it, it's actually madness. Yeah. But all the women would come and they're just so hungry to learn. And it wasn't me yeah. at all. Like, God was just using that time. And so seeing those things, experiencing that, going out to where I'm in Davern Park and seeing mm. young people encounter God in an incredibly real way without all this Christianese language or understanding of what's what. Like the other week um, we had a, like a kind of Bible study with the kids, which probably looks quite different to maybe a standard yeah. Bible study. And one of the kids who's kind of new to the face, like, I just want to, I need to go around and pray for people. I feel like I need to pray. And he went and like laid hands. He's never been to anything in his life. Yeah. He went and put, laid his hands on people. And it was like the most prophetic prayers I've ever heard. Someone pointed that he was like, I just need to lay down. I feel so at peace. I'm going to fall over. Like it was just so <laughs> relaxed. Like, do you know what's happening to you right now? And it was just a very special bit that God uses, meets and Ever. It's not something performed. It's not something um, that they have seen, mm. but it's purely God. Mm. And so I think my faith is in hunger to find things that are purely God. The long weekend calls out to us. Busy roads, barbecues, speedboats, sunscreen. The story we're living seems so far removed from the story this weekend commemorates. And we know the challenge in schools, churches, or even on the family getaway. Unless we create the opportunity to gather around it, the power of the Easter story is swallowed up by the four-day weekend. That's why we've developed Crushed, an interactive story pack that will enable your group to experience the story afresh. 
Over 45 minutes, you will journey your group through the five scenes provided and then see how the Easter story might shape your long weekend. Go to accessastory.com, click on the banner, and we'll send you this free story pack. That's accessastory.com. Let's get back to Beck's story and what she's learning about herself. One of the things I appreciate about you is your laid-back approach to life, um, and um, you're always pretty pretty chill. Uh, and the other thing that I noticed in just what you said, you used two words. Uh, one was uh, I thought you were going to use the word you know in your journey, but mm. you used the word pursuit, mm. and you also used the word um, chasing after. And so there's a sense where um, uh, there's this there's a um i don't know there's a tension that i'm kind of you know i guess i'm kind of identifying mm. in that you know, beck's a pretty chill person um but you're quite serious about chasing after god mm. and um your faith is something that is is important to you and uh what's really interesting what you've just said is you've found how god has formed your faith in the most almost obscure of places mm. like the surprising yeah. places um so thanks for sharing that mm. it's really good um I've just named a couple of things in regards to, you know, how I perceive mm-hmm. you. Like mm-hmm. uh, you're, you're pretty relaxed, really and also, you know, this is pursuit of faith. Mm. How would you describe you? What are the best ways to describe Beck Sellers? Oh, is it, should say chilled out? Because some people say I'm too intense. Is that right? It's okay. like stop. <laughs> just because I am quite serious, and I think sure. in the pursuit of faith. Yeah. And some people just want to like stop, like yeah. just yeah. take it slow, take yeah. a breather. Yeah. Um, I would say my. I would be quite passionate. Mm. That's probably something people describe me as. And um, just in the spaces I'm in, probably compassionate as well, caring Mm. for those that um, have struggles. Um, It's always strange part of words that describe yourself because you're never outside of yourself to watch. (laughs) Um, But I also guess I'd see myself as a visionary in a sense, not in a tidal way, but in that I feel like I could see where God is moving in a space that he calls me to. Like, so with Davran Park, I can just see what, needs, what God yeah. is doing, what needs to happen, and yeah. it all kind of falls into place. And yeah. how, and not in a structural sense, but in a spiritual kingdom yeah. sense, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so I, and I think I'm more and more refining that to be like, actually, yeah. not, instead of split it, spreading myself over all these different areas of ministry, actually people do have specific skill sets or things in, what's that word, like, you have things in your hand, things yeah. that you can give. And so, yeah. you know, I don't need to grab things from other people to be like, this is me. Yeah. But actually, what has God given me yeah. in my skills? So, that, and maybe a bit of a mover and a shaker. Like, I like things yeah. to happen. I'm not yeah. going to, like, sit around forever. Yeah. So having some time off this year was really hard for me because yeah. it's not. But it was very, very important. Yeah. 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 Uh, that's good. So in the Australian context... Um, when we start talking about leadership and visionaries and being moving at movers and shakers, um, uh, there's you know something called the tall poppy syndrome, mm. where others will, will, will cut down anyone who, who tries to you know, mm. put their head above everybody else. And so there's this tension in mm. regards to go, okay, you're, you've just named yourself as a visionary. Um, <laughs> like, who do you think you are? Regret. You know, that's, 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 Regret. Um, okay. But but there is a sense of there's something refreshing about being able to name that and go, I, mm. I do see some things. Yeah. There are some things ahead of us and, and I want to name those things. Mm. Um, so my last question in you telling your story is yeah. what is it that you hope for in the future? What is it that you see? Oh, so many things. But, you know, <laughs> I just really hunger and hope for for God's kingdom on earth. Like it's not 
and that's not saying it in a uh, off cuff thing like yeah. that's actually in a practical tangible way yeah. I think my hope for my future I want to foster children yeah. I want to be out of well, I mean I am living more and more in that space of open community and sharing life together in a really real way in um, and I guess to have just spaces open and available for people because I think in all like I'm still young mm. but in all my times of meeting people especially in my local area I haven't met anyone that hates God I've met people a lot of people that hate Christians yeah. but a lot of people just want someone to care mm. or be interested in them or yeah so I think my hope for the future is that everyone will feel that they will feel loved and have spaces where they can go and be part of to help the world be a better place and mm. I think my particular calling I feel is to Dublin Park right now but my hope is for the whole world mm. to see that become a better place but I know many people have said that mm. but if I can just do my little part of what God has in his story and what he's doing in the renewal of all things mm. if I can help be a vessel or used for that in any way then I want to be that I know um, I read the book The Irresistible Revolution by Shane Claiborne and that was very formational for me in my faith and there's a quote in there from Baba Teresa where it says um, what is it because she was working in Calcutta and all these people wanted to go work with her in Calcutta and so Calcutta was flooded with volunteers and she was like um, everyone has their own Calcutta. You need to go find yours. Yeah. And that, for me, so that's why I feel like, like Darwin Park is your Calcutta. And I guess my hope is that people find their Calcuttas. They're not just in this. Because I know so many people in my age group are just working. Working looks good, like everyone's working. Yeah, but yeah. as in, like, not really sure what they're hoping for, what yeah. they want. Or don't really feel like they've got purpose. And so I hope that people will find that purpose and find their Calcuttas. Mm. Yeah. Thank you for sharing your story today. Thank you for listening. <laughs> You've been with Trav Johnson on the Access to Story podcast, discovering more about faith formation, culture, and the story of God. Remember, follow us on accessthestory.com or you can catch up with me on travjohnson.com.